This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Hey everyone, it's Major Garrett and welcome to our new podcast. Did you know we have a new feed completely separate from the takeout as well? Please just search Debriefing the Briefing. Click subscribe and then if you can, and we'd really love this, drop us a rating and or a review. Pretty soon, you'll have to be subscribed to the new feed if you want to hear new episodes of debriefing the briefing. Thank you, and now let's start the show. I know we're always saying who knew what when. I just want to make clear, there's 150 plus countries working on this collectively together. It's devastating for every single country. We encourage you to keep on keeping on. We will get through this. This virus has a great weakness. It can't jump from one person to another if it's got to swim more than six feet. Jared Kushner said the notion of the federal stockpile was it's supposed to be our stockpile. It's not supposed to be state stockpiles. Our, you know what? Power means United States of America. That's what it means. From CBS Audio, this is Debriefing the Briefing. Here's CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett. Hello from Washington and welcome to Debriefing the Briefing, where we'll walk you through the highlights of the daily White House Coronavirus Task Force Briefing. You just heard sound bites from the April 3rd briefing, so let's review the key takeaways. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention announced guidelines suggesting the use of cloth masks or some kind of cloth covering for your face. The Javits Convention Center in New York City will be supervised by the U.S. military and will now, and this is a change, accept COVID-19 patients. President Trump said, quote, we're getting better every day, we're healing, even so. Dr. Deborah Burke said Chicago and Detroit remain concerning areas for the outbreak, and there are emerging concerns, she said, in Colorado, the District of Columbia, and Pennsylvania. Also, the Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar announced that hospital care for COVID-19 patients will be covered, even for those Americans who are uninsured. Let's play one key soundbite from the president talking about how he himself will interpret and deal with the CDC guidelines on facial cloth masks. So with uh, the masks, it's going to be uh, really a voluntary thing. You can do it. You don't have to do it. I'm choosing not to do it, but some people may want to do it, and that's okay. It may be good. Probably will. They're making a recommendation. It's only a recommendation. It's voluntary. What would people gain from wearing a mask, and why are you opposed to wearing one yourself? Well, I just don't want to wear one myself. It's a recommendation. They recommend it. The president emphasized repeatedly the voluntary aspect of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention guideline about cloth masks, and others at the briefing said they could be very important, but not nearly as important as social distancing and staying at home. There was also a conversation about the Small Business Administration taking requests for loans today, the first day, and the president had this to say about the loan requests so far. More than $3.5 billion in guaranteed loans have been processed. 
to help small businesses keep their workers employed during the unprecedented time, this unprecedented time. Let's bring in CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger to help us understand this week. Jill, lots of numbers. What are the numbers our audience should pay the closest attention to? I think the two rounds of employment data that came out on Thursday and Friday. So on Thursday, we found out that weekly unemployment benefit claims spiked by 6.6 million. Now, this comes a week after we thought that 3 million was the record-breaking, enormous number. So two weeks together, 10 million people filed for new unemployment claims. That is record-breaking by a magnitude of 5, 10 times now. And then we get Friday morning, we we hear from economists who say, you know, the monthly jobs report, it's probably not going to capture exactly what's happened in the economy because the survey is done earlier in the month. And we get a number that is jaw-dropping. 701,000 jobs vanished in March. The unemployment rate jumped from 3.5% to 4.4%. And that increase in rate, Major, that is the biggest increase that we've seen in a single month since 1975. And I fear that the numbers are actually much worse than that because so many of the layoffs, so many of the furloughs occurred later in the month of March. So I I think when we get the next round of data that come out in another month, we are going to see job losses in the millions. And that's pretty frightening. Is it is that fear you mentioned and that fright that I can hear in these numbers in any way cushioned by the action Congress and the White House took last week on the $2.2 trillion relief bill? It could be. And and here's the issue that we really need to understand. Over the next few weeks, we are going to see just how many small businesses and large corporations bring back some of those people that they laid off or furloughed. You know, we are hearing early um, stories just today from various people who tried to get loans from the Bank of America or J.P. Morgan Chase because the big banks are sort of administering the money on behalf of the Small Business Administration. You know, Bank of America says 58,000 small businesses actually applied for loans, $6 billion total, When those small businesses get the money in their hands, will they pull those those folks that they had sidelined previously and bring them back on their payrolls? That's what we're waiting to see. And I read something today, Jill, that that number you cited, 58,000 for one bank, Bank of America, equaled the entire number by just off 2,000, meaning 60,000 loans were processed by the Small Business Administration the entire year of last year. Yeah, I mean this is some this is going to be some endeavor. And and I think that what's really important as I speak to small business owners is that they they are very worried that the terms of these loans which can be forgiven if you bring people back on your payrolls, but that the terms may not actually last long enough. So some of them are a little bit concerned like, "Hey, you know what?" What if I don't know what my business looks like in eight weeks or 10 weeks? It could be that this lasts far longer. And, you know, it's weird. When I was reading early on and getting emails and screenshots from people, this absolutely reminded me of the launch of the Affordable Care Act, where there was chaos and people 
couldn't get in. This is the kind of um, the feeling that you get from this first day. I'm sure the kinks will be worked out, but boy, we would like to see this process go smoothly. We must get money into the hands of these really stressed out business owners so we can get more people back on their payrolls. To that point, Jill, the allocation in the bill is $350 billion. I've listened to some economists. Glenn Hubbard is one of them. He was an economic advisor to George Herbert Walker Bush, who was working in the private sector. And he came up with a modeling that the need for small businesses could well be three times that amount. True? Possible? Uh, absolutely. I, I've spoken to lots of economists who believe that the $2.2 trillion was a start. And, you know, we were sort of in the, you know, that they call the, the study of economics, the dismal science. And so maybe there's a bit of black humor here, but there were a lot of people who saw that bill get passed and then send around the clip of the movie Jaws when we hear we're going to need a bigger boat. And I think we are going to need a bigger boat. $2 trillion seems like a lot of money. It really does. And it is. But the magnitude of what is happening to the global and U.S. economy is something we have never seen. We have never seen the entire world's economy stop short over the course of essentially 45 days. And we don't know how long this is going to last, and we don't know how deep the damage is going to be. But I think that it is quite clear that small businesses are going to need a lot more money, and individuals are going to need a lot more of forbearance and money in their pockets. And forbearance means what, Jill? Forbearance means like a breathing period. If you've got a loan that's due, you've got a rent check that's due, you got a credit card bill that's due. There is one economist who I spoke to who said there should be a moratorium on all debt payments, no matter what they are, and all rent payments. And I said, well, what happens if people who aren't impacted get a little bit of a free ride? He said, so be it. We have too many people who are right now at risk. Too many people living not only paycheck to paycheck, but maybe a little bit on the debt side of paycheck to paycheck. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess I keep thinking about like different types of people. You know, you can think of people who were living paycheck to paycheck. You could also look at people, maybe millennials, who just had the unlucky timing of graduating into the Great Recession with a lot of student loan debt and finally back on their feet, st finally starting to form families and buying homes. And then wham, this thing hits. And so what I think is incredibly important is that we don't don't fall into the same trap we fell into in 2009, that we don't start freaking out about someone's getting a, a leg up on me and I don't want to bail out a homeowner and I was a good guy. No one has done anything wrong in this particular situation. This is not malfeasance by banks who have packaged loans and sold them off and borrowed money to do all of their betting around the globe. This is a natural disaster times 10. And if some people get a little bit of a leg up because we've then saved many more who are just trying to play by the system, so be it. And that's really the view of most economists that I am talking to right now. Is there a coherent investment strategy in this environment? Yes. Don't do anything. You're, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I managed money for a long time. I, I grew up in, you know, my, my, my second month of trading 
was the 1987 crash. And uh, so I've lived through quite a few of these, nothing like this particular situation. Here's what I know. It is really hard to time the market. It is really hard to figure out when to get in, when to get out. Hopefully, if you've come into this period and you've had an investment plan or a diversified portfolio, or you don't need your money anytime soon, this is critical. Try not to pay attention to stock market people. Try not to pay attention to uh, the financial press because no one knows anything right now. It's quite clear. We are basically flying blind. In that case, the best thing to do is sit tight, do not be reactive. You know, I'm looking at a picture of my dad. I'm sitting here in my home office and my father was a trader on the floor of the American Stock Exchange. And he used to say, no one rings a bell at the top and no one rings a bell at the bottom. Stick to your game plan. That's CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger. She's also the host of the Jill on Money radio show and podcast, and we thank her very much. That is all for this episode of CBS Audio's Debriefing the Briefing. Until next time, I'm Major Garrett in Washington. If you like the takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most-watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.